first of all, the secret to any true frozen dinner is you never do it in the oven. You never it just takes too long. <laughs> no, you never always got to do it. At, like you'd put it in the oven for like maybe 90 minutes in total. Why not just put that motherfucker in the microwave for 90 seconds? There it is. <laughs> I'll, I'll, a few more minutes, actually, a little bit longer. And you get it's not 90 seconds. Just like it takes a tenth of the time, you get a tenth of the quality. That's yep. hilarious and so fucking true. <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the day, the quality, like, there's no amount of, like, 90 minutes is not worth the investment. In the, <laughs> the maximum that quality that you'll get from a hungry man is not worth the 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely is Even, it worth yeah no you're right is, is, you're right is it worth four minutes absolutely absolutely <laughs> um the the big question lingering in the air is hungry man fried chicken dinner three piece better than uh and this is so everybody knows three pieces of fried chicken mashed potatoes corn and a brownie can, can i say what a brownie what, with it can Ooh. i say and ask one clarifying thing Sure. I'll where allow the, it. Where the fuck did that question come from? Because <laughs> I certainly didn't ask. The which question? <laughs> the one you just posed. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember where it came from, but it's here. Um, the, uh, the question, the answer to the question is um, if, um, you know, if... Hungry Man Fried Chicken Dinner is actually better than a Kentucky Fried Chicken Dinner? And the answer, my friends, is no. <laughs> thank thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. Thank, yeah. thank you. Wow. Critical analysis uh, from, from thank Dilworth. You. Thank you for listening. This has been the perfect donation. This has been uh, episode the, three of uh, The Real Colonel. On, so. uh, keeping it real on the Dill Farm. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a camp. Camp Dill. Yeah. Which is it? No, Which that's, is it? that's over. Switching? That's gone now. We that's got gone. <laughs> after, after the lawsuits. <laughs> no, that see, uh, whenever you sent me a picture of it, I was curious because I'm one of the type of people who will go the extra, extra length. You know, I will take out the chicken. I will air fry it and then like microwave the other shit. Wow. That is uh, that is the extra length. Wow. <laughs> you got to do it. I, I actually right? can very much appreciate the fact that you care about having that experience. And I'm a I'm a person that really values my experience. You do. You do. And I'm definitely putting that bitch in the microwave. Really? I am not working that yeah. hard. Absolutely See, I, not. Because I don't like to cook. But I think you like okay. to cook a little bit, don't I you? I do like to cook. Ah, I do makes like sense. Cook. Yeah, it's adding even if you Even if you like to cook, you could cook for the amount of time that it takes to make a, a hungry man in the oven. You could cook a full version <laughs> <of that. laughs> with, your, with your air fryer for less time. That's a, I mean, you're, <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You are yeah, not wrong about that. That's, that's a good take. That's a good point. To cook, to bread, uh, like three pieces of, of chicken, deep fry it. Uh, you, you make mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes, you said, come with it? Yeah, mashed potatoes. Um, yeah. Now, I will it, yeah. say the one thing that I really like about. 39 grams of protein. That's, that's impressive. <laughs> it's all chicken, baby. Holy all shit. of it. Turns out the brownie made a chicken. <laughs> but I, I, I will say one thing I really love about um, about the brownie as the go to dessert for uh, microwavable meals is what are the key components of having a good brownie? You need it to be chocolatey and you need it to be fudgy, fudgy. And you need it to be, in my opinion, hot. Like I like a hot and brownie. And those are hot all brownies. things that are guaranteed 
with yeah. a br- with a brownie <laughs> fucking microwavable meal. <laughs> like that's why you can never go wrong if you get a brownie as the, the, as the dessert. It's the safest choice, is what you're saying. It is the safest yeah. choice. Okay, fair. It enough. is, and, and you know, like um, I will say that microwavable brownies are like the TV dinner microwavable brownies <laughs> are actually like pretty amazing they're pretty good the yeah that they, and, and that they form up how like did we, they, how did we they, get here to this this discovery like in this consensus it, it's we? one of those things where like everybody knows this everybody knows yeah. that a microwavable brownie will always hit you know because it's yeah. like that fucking uh, it, i don't know i it's really hard to explain but whenever like i don't like whenever you get the uh the applesauce in it have you ever had uh, oh, applesauce I in your hate microwave that. i hate so that's Yes, I know exactly what you mean. When you get yeah, like no the fucking stupid cinnamon yes. brownie yes. stuff for the dessert instead of a brownie. Yeah, I hate that. I, I'm I hate like, that. first That's off, actually, I'm eating a microwavable meal. I don't need fruits or vegetables in this. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'll even take vegetables, but I don't need any hot fruited desserts. Yeah, that's for sure. No, thank you. No, thank you. Um, yeah. Wow. I'm I, so glad that, dude. I'm so glad that you said that because I will actively like avoid like. A TV dinner if it has an apple-based. But you're dessert. not a fruit guy. I, you're not no, a fruit. I'm guy. That's true. I'm you don't not. like strawberries and stuff. Yeah, you're that's not a true. fruit guy. And um, and I mean Nora and I know Emily have both tried to like get you to eat fruit without you knowing, and you've liked it. But I know that when you know it's fruit, you for sure don't like it. And I and mm-hmm. that's the stance I can get deal done. All right. Yeah, and and honestly. Yeah. Do you, Bill Nation, do you do you really want this kind of Pope? I don't think so. <laughs> Vote Jordan. This, this has been your Sunday sermon. Uh, this is a uh, fr- <laughs> fruitless Pope. Fruitless. fruitless Pope. No funny business at Camp Dale. <laughs> 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 All right, we're gonna get this show going. It's a killer. Fucking conversation. Just three cool guys talking about fried chicken. It's a killer fucking conversation, baby. Well, welcome to the Cheesy Gordita Bunch podcast. The official podcast of the Taco Bell Cult Facebook group. I'm your host, Nick Ortiz, and with me as always, my co-host, DJ Dill, Pope Dill, President Dill, <laughs> uh, Camp Leader Dill, Devin Hanley. Hello, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, the flaky crust on this KFC chicken pot pie, Jordan Cravens Krennic. hey What's up, everybody? Today... I am eating a KFC bowl, a famous bowl, in honor of our fearless (laughs) founder, Mm, mm. uh, Mr. Mr. Colonel Sanders. Um, Holland. Holland. Holland Colonel Sanders. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I'll be be eating this um, at least partial way through the episode. On this joyous occasion. I I wonder, like, you know, I wonder how Colonel Sanders would feel, like, being able to see into the future and be like... Ah, like the chick, the KFC chicken bowl. Like that is my legacy. He would be pissed. He would be pissed. Oh my (laughs) god, he would be so fucking mad. You think so? Oh, absolutely. About a bowl. About I think about a lot of things. All right. 
getting to know <laughs> old Colonel, getting to know old Colonel Sanders. I'll tell you, uh, some of the stuff like that he had griped about, and as you see as we get into this episode, it, it probably wouldn't fly today either. Yeah, you know, he's, he's not knowing all of the information yet. <clears throat> I believe you. <laughs> like, this let guy so enjoy, far from the other two. Let episodes. me enjoy. Uh, let me enjoy my very last KFC ball. <laughs> now I will say, after the boycott, do, fucking pissed. Do not use the cheesy gordita bunch for any assignments when it comes to historical accuracy. All right, I'm doing my best, but Hold should on. you should you refer to the cheesy gordita bunch or or cite us as a resource or a source in any essay? Absolutely not. No. All right, I'm giving us like a. I'm giving us like a 60% truth. <laughs> I, you see, warning. I'd go higher. I'd go higher. I'd go about 85. But because it's not 100%, right. you, you know, you can't. Because the thing is, is with Colonel but, Sanders, there is so much information out there about Colonel Sanders. So many mixed up dates. Some, so many like different you so know 90, uh, 95 99% I, I you know I'd give it I'd give us at least cuz I was going to say don't I'll, discredit yourself us so, that this this so, is so being too hard. truly a, Fair enough. truly an enigma like you can't put your finger on him that's kind of a slippery goose. It's kind of the ethos of a, of a of a CEO like this, right? You know what I mean? That's kind of right. the 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 um, story. The really. story that they tried to build. They tried to build with these uh, with these CEOs and, and these founders. Because I mean, R Roy Kroc, he wasn't even the one who created fucking McDonald's, and Glenn Bell sure as hell didn't create the taco. You know what I mean? So like the yeah. this the information that we get. Um, I'm using accurate information that I have. Now, again, should you use it in trivia? Absolutely. You're going to look cool as fuck doing it. I Absolutely. think I think what this smells like is the Belluminati at work. Mm. Um, yep. I, smell, if you're I, smell, I smell a conspiracy. I smell... I smell fried chicken, <laughs> and mm. and mm -hmm. and and I think that these these brands, no, these organizations, they care about their brand. I mean, so much. Yeah, they care about their brand more than most things, um, which is good and bad, right? For sure. And um, to me, these founders are probably all really, really. I mean, they were they were products of their time, so they were yeah. Probably intensely right. racist. No, for sure, for mm -hmm. sure. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, just probably like very insensitive people. Oh yeah. In on some levels, and and these and, and Big Bell can't have the truth. Very true. Of G Bell himself. Yeah, yeah. Going around circulating yeah. in the news, they can't have it. So Bell Illuminati's got to be shutting it down, creating <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, dude. What did creating creating conflicts of of, of storylines, timelines that don't mat match up? I mean, there is a there's a deeper story here, and um, we're gonna find it. Mm. Absolutely, was Colonel Sanders probably at some like eyes wide shut level sex parties <laughs> in Kentucky? <laughs> probably. <laughs> Can we say no? Can anybody prove he wasn't? <laughs> I guess, I guess with that logic, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, so, but before we go into this episode, go into this episode with a skeptical mind, Bell Nation. Be willing to leave at the door what your preconceived perceptions and notions might have been. Yeah, there you go. It, please, please do that. But before we get into uh, Colonel Sanders himself, we have some news. Live from the Cheesy Gordita Bunch newsroom in Austin, Texas, this is Talk Over the Town with your hosts, Jordan, 
Nick, and Devin. So on June 19th, so this past month, it was announced that Mike King will be retiring and stepping down as CEO from Taco Bell. Um, and he, he was a CEO since 2019. So he brought us through the, can- the, the pandemic, and he is passing the sombrero on to Sean Transvant. Transvant? Transvant? Jordy, what do you think? How's that, how does that pronounce? It's probably Transvant. Oh, okay. All right. Tresvon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, now, Sean Tresvon is a businessman from Washington. He received his master's uh, from Washington State University. Go Cougars! Woo! Go Woo! In communication and media studies. And he got an MBA in business administration management from Seattle University. So, to say to say the least, he knows what the fuck he's talking about, at least diploma-wise. Uh, on paper. Yes. On, 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 on I would paper. trust him. Yeah, yeah. I, well, so he actually started his career in PepsiCo in 2000. He ended up working for Nike, where he earned the title of the chief marketing officer for Jordan. Jordan, you oh, know. That's there's a big that deal. Tr- there's, that tr- there's that trust bridge building right now. There it is. <laughs> and in 20, uh, 2021, he was named the brand, the chief brand officer and strategy officer for Taco Bell. So basically, he's not really shy to hard work, you know. Like he's willing nah. to put himself out there and do the damn thing. This guy's got a. This guy's probably got a pretty big ego. I think. Like, yeah, it was over at Nike, and then uh, Taco Bell scooped in and picked me <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, because everybody wants to work for Taco Bell instead of Nike. Yeah, no big Jordan, deal. No Jordan, Jordan at that. Yeah. Multi multi billion dollar Jordan brand. I mean, that shit is insane. He makes like, I think Jordan just from royalties every year makes like. I think the number is between two and three hundred million dollars on Good royalties. Damn! Yeah. How much do you make mm. from Jordans? Uh, two or three dollars a, you know, <laughs> a year. Nothing crazy. You wow! Know. They use your name and everything. Can I know. That? I know. You yeah. think they would be more mindful of it, but yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. reflecting on his vision for Taco Bell, Sean said, "Quote: The love our fans and team members have for Taco Bell is extraordinary, and means we're in a unique position to push the limits on culture." And become a brand that inspires and enables the world to live mass. Ah, inspiring. <laughs> inspiring words. In- Some inspiring fireworks. This fireworks is- in the background after that. <laughs> <laughs> These are first Round good. of applause. These are first good statements. I think no mistakes so far. Yeah, I mean, I hope not. Yeah, I, it's only what I'm like hoping for is I'm hoping for a um, Taco Bell Jordan. <laughs> that would be. Oh my god! Could you awesome. imagine some some dunks, some fucking they? What do they had? Uh, they I'm surprised ha- they haven't done that already. I know. I was I'm surprised say, they, they haven't done that already either. They actually, have uh, haritos. So. You know, they oh, those just dude, came out. You seen those? Oh fuck yeah! They're dope. Super hard to get. I couldn't even get any. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't. They get have harito shoes. <laughs> Why'd you say <laughs> yeah, it like where, that? Where are you from? Where, why'd you say it like that? What? What? <laughs> harito shoes. Haritos. That's what I said. They're called haritos. No, fucking soda, right? Peggy Hill over here. <laughs> Bro, those shoes are. I so could have called it. I could have called it Jarritos. I could have gone. <laughs> uh, that was uh, that was my best attempt Might at doing well. that. Fair, you know what? Fair enough. We'll we'll yeah. uh, we're not going to reach out to uh, your Spanish teacher mother for this one. <laughs> um, but uh, hey, mom. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I'm really surprised they haven't done anything like that either. I mean, I feel like Taco Bell and the brand itself is like ripe to be uh, turned into some shoes. I, oh, I'm saying that as Jordan's wearing fucking Taco Bell Crocs. Let's get it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, are y'all <laughs> hopeful for this? What, what do y'all What do y'all think about this? The 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 changing of hands. I mean, he's the first black CEO 
that Taco Bell's had, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Yeah. My, the first thing I've, I've been thinking about this, and there's more to say, and I, 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 yeah, I think we, we're we going to touch do on a, it more. For we'll sure. do another episode on this, but just as first thoughts, I was looking at the post that somebody had. I, the, wherever I saw it, I probably saw it on Instagram because that's the one I'm addicted to. <laughs> yes. Um, and so that's where I think I saw the post first. I may have seen it somewhere else, but <clears throat> nonetheless, wherever I saw it, uh, somebody had, I just started to look through the comments out of curiosity, and somebody had posted something to the effect of like, why do we like because there's a lot of people saying like y- he's a black man right so it's it, there's a lot of people saying things like talking just talking about ra- the race his race in the in the in the comments okay and somebody said like do we do we care some they're they're the whatever hmm. they said was posed it, it made me feel like they basically said why do we even care like why are we even talking about that part of it okay like why should we care and my and i, c- I actually replied to them <laughs> And I said, <laughs> under the official cheesy gordita bunch. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually said, we do care. We care a lot. It was something like that because we do care. This is we like it is good to see, in my opinion, as a, as a person that is the biracial myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Brock. Yes. Um, <laughs> many people confuse us. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I think we should care, right? I think we do care. I think many of us do care. I think that people, it's not over. Caring about proper representation and caring about, um, you know, a group of marginalized people that yeah. are seeing progress in a community or in a, in a society that doesn't always show it, have it, rep- celebrate it. For sure. Yes, we do care. Yeah. And, and that's all I have to say for now, but that was uh, one of my first um, no. reactions to, to, uh, to, to the just to seeing it. No, well said. And I think I think we can all agree too that like this is this has been the 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 man in charge since the show began. Like yeah. this has been a big couple of years at Taco Bell. Uh so I think that this was like a, a an interesting time to be at the helm of of Taco Bell. So Yeah, I and agreed. I mean one thing too with um with Sean Transvant coming in He's been on he's been on the, the 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 fucking payroll of Big Bell since 2021 and he's been the chief brand officer and we look at looks look at the brand between now and 2021 they've done a lot of really great shit they've done a lot of really f- exciting stuff they've done a lot to um, bring in like different culture to bring in you know black artists like um, uh, Lil Nas X and Doja Cat and you know <coughs> trying to intersect these Jack cultures Oh, of course, Wait, famous, that was a KFC fam- one. famous yeah. black artist Jack Harlow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, but I th- I do think that they've done a lot um, to <laughs> to try to bring that type of uh, that type of I- intersectionality between the two cultures, and I think that's awesome because also one thing that we've seen, granted, this is poor, part of more of like the food innovation, is those more authentic flavors from Taco Bell. Um, it's been fun. Yeah, which is cool. So I- I'm excited to see what happens. Now, brown faces in high places would be nothing if there's not good representation at the bottom and the people who are doing the work, you know what I mean, are um, are represented well. So I'm excited to see what happens. Hopefully this means Big Bell is going into a, a better um, um, future, you know what I mean, considering. Um, and I, I really can't wait to talk about more of this because we're going to do a whole, an ep- a whole episode on this. And uh, we're, we're probably going to do a whole episode on, on Sean Transvan, see, you know, see what's up with – uh, see what's up with the history and see what we can't uh, if we can't get him to listen to this episode like we got Renee Pichotti to listen to his episode. My guy Renee messaged me oh. back boy. <laughs> yeah. 
You may still be weirded out by us, Renee, but it's okay because we're still watching you. We're still, <laughs> we're still we, we're still we remember on, you. We're still mutuals on Instagram. Bell Nation, uh, please um, follow us on Instagram. You know, uh, we we put out some really good stuff. We obviously, I mean, you're listening here. Um, share it to your friends. Uh, follow the Taco Bell Cult Facebook group. We uh, last episode we had a really great time talking to some um, some Taco Bell influencers, some folks who are really passionate about the stuff, as well as some fellow cultists. So check that out, and um, of course, but please, but please don't ever believe that this is actual real information or news. No, <laughs> believe it. This is no, just, a, this is just a disclaimer. It. This is you just a disclaimer. I, we have to say that now. Um, Yes, we have to say we have to say that uh, now apparently that yeah. that w- everything we say from here on out w- is one hundred percent real. All right, everything yep. we say is one hundred percent credible. One hundred percent, one hundred percent Camp Dill approved. <laughs> 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 These lessons have been brought to you by Camp Dill. <laughs> Don't bring your kids. Now, where we left off is the colonel was finding success and thinking about thinking about the fate of KSE once he's finally kicked the big old bucket. Now. Comes in 29-year-old John Brown Jr. Now, John Brown Jr., he is the son of a congressman, John Brown Sr. Mm-hmm. Now, Jr. found his talent in business in college, where he was making a grip selling Encyclopedia Britannica sets. And then, of course, he moved on, practiced law with his dad for about a year and a half. But he didn't like it. You know, he wasn't making very much money from it. Not like those encyclopedias. It's like I was ready. I was just ready hand over fist to jump right back into the encyclopedia game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Now, uh, from there, he decided that he wanted to become an entrepreneur. You know, he looked into many different ventures. Eventually, uh, excuse me, uh, everything from car washes, detergents, restaurants, a lot of shit like that. Now, during this time, he got his wife involved with managing a barbecue restaurant, and upon seeing the success, he was convinced of the financial potential of the fast food industry. Because remember back then, I mean, the, it, all the fast food restaurants were all like mom and pop. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't so much so fast food, but more of like diner restaurants. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so seeing, that, seeing the potential, he was like, fuck yeah, how do I get involved? So, in 1963, during a political breakfast, John Brown met the colonel. Now, they talked about selling the colonel's uh, chicken at John Brown's um, chain of barbecue restaurants. But that's kind of where the, the conversation fell off from there. you know. But John Brown, he was tenacious as ever. So, he, in 1964, persuades Jack Massey, a doo-doo capital venture, uh, <laughs> venture capitalist, into buying KFC for a whopping $2 million, which is equivalent to about $19 million in today's money. Sheesh. So Oof. this was the first sale of KFC. Yes, yes. The first oh. sale of KFC where the colonel does not own it. The colonel is o- only a brand ambassador. Interesting. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Now, initially, the colonel turned down his offer because, remember, the colonel really loved his restaurant. He really loved his recipe. I mean, he went to lengths to to make sure people didn't find out his 11 herbs and spices. I got the uh, recipe tattooed on the uh, inside of my butt cheeks. Now, <laughs> nobody else knows this. Now, nobody else knows this, but I'll tell you what. There's a secret to the cheese gordita bun. That, that, those original recipes written down on the crease of my buttocks. And it is a... Uh, See, top secret only for this program, only for our listeners now who are tuning in. 
this is why you can't go to Camp Dill, all right? He's going to convince you to look at this <laughs> asshole. <laughs> you can't sail with that level of dedication. I mean, I'm you're not, not wrong. When you're that committed, um, and, you know, the nothing, crazy nothing's going to get in between <laughs> you and, <laughs> and your dream there. So. He's like, I got, yeah. my, I got my recipe tattooed on my sandwich. Sometimes you got to keep the doors closed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, the colonel yep. went to extreme lengths. Uh, not only did he tattoo the recipe on his fucking ass cheeks, <laughs> but he actually, they actually, uh, he would, whenever he would sell to franchise owners, I can't. <laughs> he would make a batch of seasoning himself and sell it to them. So he wasn't selling them all 11 herbs and spices um, like individually. He was selling now, them whole batches of the seasoning. Now, just to throw them off. <laughs> Anytime they read the tattoo, <laughs> I throw a little sprinkle on them. <laughs> and they say, what's that sprinkle on me? I say, don't worry, that's a little bit more. What the colonel's got for you. It's <laughs> <laughs> a, li- a little bit of the colonel's gravy. <laughs> Another thing that we forgot to mention too when uh, when he was doing these herbs and spices and when he would end up mass producing them he would have two different companies making one part of the seasoning and another company making the other part of the seasoning Oh so they didn't know it either So no wow. one could ever get the complete recipe That is That's so fucking brilliant Yeah that <laughs> genuinely is that is so smart holy shit Yeah I mean again the colonel really 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 loved his food like he thought he yeah. knew what he had was gold i know i've said this in the last two um parts of this of the series but he really loved his shit i mean so much so that he made he made john brown promise that he would never tamper with his recipe um and he would maintain a high like high degree of quality control if he were to sell his restaurant to them Interesting. Yeah, and John Brown That's agreed. John Brown made I mean, that I mean, promise to the. I mean, he better to, to, to get the full recipe. You got to check out both sides. <laughs> imagine like case? just imagine like high how like how much responsibility that would be too to just like hold half of the fuck yeah of the recipe. Just like I trust you this much. Like. That's <laughs> Yeah, that's a fucking lot of responsibility. But, but not not enough to give it all to you, though. Yes, <laughs> I yeah. trust you this I, I trust much. You this but much. not a much. Not not enough to to give you the whole recipe. Fair enough. Now, Massey, um, whenever they bought the the company, the investment group, they changed the headquarters from Kentucky to Nashville, Tennessee, and the colonel was quoted as saying, "Quote: This ain't no goddamn Tennessee fried chicken. No matter what some slick suits." Silk suited son of a bitch says. This guy don't fuck around, dude. I fucking love nope. this dude. Yeah, I, I mean, again, the the colonel, he was he. Whenever he smelled bullshit in the air, he was quick to call it out. Quick. Now, John Brown was motivated because the colonel did not have a sales team, and if you remember, he went from going business to business to businesses coming to him in order to sell his KFC. The one man show. Yeah, it was a one man. Well, him, his wife, and some like other folks. But yeah, essentially, it was a one man show, and they weren't prioritizing sales over the product. Mm. Which is, uh, in the formulation stages, sometimes you really have to do that because you got to get shit right. Yeah. Yeah. If you got, you know, because you can, because because if it's wrong, even if you make the sales, it won't last and it'll crumble. So if you get it right first and then you make the sales, your foundation is proper, yeah. right? That's and interesting you, you say it. that. That's interesting you say that. I, but I, yeah. No, I, I was gonna agree with Jordan and say that I really think that like that 
Colonel Sanders and probably one of the reasons why he's such a significant sort of like cultural icon is because he represents that motif of like the kind of like good oh good hometown guy yeah but yeah. who was also like a very very shrewd like everything that he did was like very good he was a good businessman he was very good at what he did yeah even if it was not great all the time so he <laughs> was he was a great chef he was okay businessman yeah that's what, that's what the reason the reason why I say that is just because he really knew what he had. Now, he didn't push sales, and because of that, KFC it kind of plateaued until they got this business, until they got this this uh, this investment group to invest in them. And once they did, I mean, they had the resources to make business explode, and that's exactly what happened. You know, this is when KFC really started to change. Now, with the new owners, gone was the diner aesthetic envisioned by the colonel, and came in this new fast food take, you know, um, takeout model of KFC. Now that wasn't the only change either. They gave KFC a complete facelift. The investment group they uh, painted, repainted all the restaurants, giving them the distinct red and white pattern. The group opened up 1,500 new restaurants, including s locations in all 50 states and several international locations. Sheesh. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Now, That's an explosion right there. One thousand percent. Yeah, to say the least. I mean, from I don't know how. how did you, do we know the number before this? Oh, uh, it's in the last episode. Okay, I forgot. Yeah, but uh, but to fifteen hundred is, I mean, uh, I mean that's on top of on top of the restaurants that the colonel had. Yeah, they I mean, opened up an additional fifteen hundred new restaurants. I mean, I barely have fifteen hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Fucking yeah, so. maybe not on you right now. <laughs> <laughs> but the colonel, the colonel went from the owner and operator to a salaried brand ambassador making 40k a year. Now, the initial deal did not include like uh, the um, the uh, was it the Canadian restaurants. It didn't include um, some franchises in the UK, in Florida, in Utah, Montana, um, which had already been sold to like other people. So they were like maintaining like KFC and those different like vicinities. But according to the colonel's nephew, um, because the colonel uh, like retained control of those Canadian restaurants, he was able to gain Canadian citizenship. So apparently, this the guy. fucking colonel's also a Canadian. Where but am I from, you ask? Oh, I'm from uh, right here in the, the city of Toronto. Born <laughs> and bred right here in uh, mid-city Toronto. Just a Canadian boy from my tips to my toes. <laughs> <laughs> for K my tips to my toes. KFC, C Canadian fried chicken. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. It's just fucking poutine. <laughs> but, it's got um, maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> the, lo the logo is a fucking elk. Oh, God. A moose, mm. you know. <laughs> now, the colonel remained the symbol of KFC. He traveled 200,000 miles a year, stopping at restaurants, making various film and TV appearances. Again, you know, he was the first celebrity um, celebrity chef, and this is how he put his face out there. There are some good and bad takes, you know what I mean, with the fact that the colonel is so open about being part of this brand, but also making this many appearances. Because when things are going great for KFC, things are going great. But when Colonel disagrees with the way the restaurant's going, oh, he's he's tweeting about it. Oh yeah, shit's shit's, <laughs> shit's popping he's, off. He's, he's he's going full Kanye. Oh, on, on with that shit, basically, as I can imagine. Exactly. Now, uh, yeah, when you come up with that that nonsense and you start making a, a mockery of my business <laughs> here, uh, then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna step up to you with a lead pipe and I'm gonna smack you right upside the face. <laughs> there's no, no way. There's no way a, a Colonel could get away being. 
being Canadian. Not nice enough. No, not not not, enough. not, not nice, nice enough. enough. No, no. <laughs> not, not, not. Now, Wait, John, when you start pushing my buttons, I can be a little bit of a, a prickly Paul, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Now, John Brown was very confident in the colonel's branding, like the colonel himself, so much so that in 1969 they opened Kentucky Roast Beef as well as the Colonel Sanders Inn. This sounds like a disaster already. This? Oh, yeah. I'm this? sure he was on those interviews talking talking we, we mad should, shit. We should do an the, episode. The, we should legitimately do an episode on Kentucky Roast Beef because there's some yes. information out there. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, let's yeah. run so, it. I'm so, right. Yeah, I was about to say, like, my – Sorry, I just revealed that I didn't actually read this week's prompt. Of, we can still uh, cut it that out. Is yeah, right no, that no. is crazy. The Kentucky fried roast beef. Yeah, so he, he sold roast beef. He sold ham. You know, some of the old, um, his old diners, like, really, uh, um, uh, like, the, the shit that he sold a lot of, you know, back in the day before he was able to yeah. m- make it to where you can cook <clears throat> a piece of chicken in nine minutes. Instead like, of 90, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so this was the time where he really, uh, where they really saw the Colonel's branding as, like, something they can capitalize on. But these two ventures quickly closed. Can't wait to talk about these. Yeah, they, they didn't last very long. We will get into it later, probably at an, in another episode. But this was, you know, the beginning of the end of KSC as the Colonel knew it. Okay. Yeah. Now, at this time, the colonel retained a lot of control, a lot of influence over the franchise owners. And to be frank, franchise owners were pretty fucking afraid of the colonel. <laughs> Shit, I would be. Yeah, because he my, shot a man. <laughs> yeah, he fucking <laughs> got a man sent to prison. Everybody loves when I come and check out their franchise <laughs> restaurant, except when I come with my whipping rod. <laughs> and then my everybody's attitude Everybody's had to change real quick now, for the better. Now, the thing is, is like when you think about it, though, like whenever your boss goes to your fucking place of work, you're like, why is this person here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I can totally understand the anxiety behind it. Oh, of course. Yeah. But all Colonel Sanders had to do every fucking year was travel around and be a brand ambassador. So there was a good chance that he was going to show up in your restaurant one day. Of course. Yeah. Because, again, yeah. all he was doing was fucking driving around. Now, when he would visit these KFCs across <laughs> the country, he would go and he would taste like the, the their fried chicken. He'd taste their gravy. He'd taste all of this shit. And if it wasn't his original recipe, he'd cuss the motherfuckers out. I'm with the colonel wow. on this shit. I'm 100% with the colonel on this shit. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? We 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 it's in the it's in the paperwork, baby. It is in the paperwork. There's got to be contracts. 1500 locations, I don't think so. Got to be I, in the paperwork. No, it, it, it was totally in the paperwork, and, and that's why the colonel felt like he had the right to go over there and say some shit because Fuck it was yeah. his face on it. Fuck they were yeah. selling his yeah. food with his face on it, and he can't put his a seal of, of like approval on it no. if it wasn't the recipe that he had come up I'd with. I'd be pissed. I, I imagine, like, imagine that, like, that, that's just like a point in history that's so important and so underappreciated. Like, just imagine that you're like an incompetent kfc worker in like the 70s (laughs) and you're just doing your job half-assedly and then all of a sudden you look out the window of kfc and the fucking colonel shows up (laughs) and his his white and his white cadillac he just gets out he's got like a fucking big old chicken ring on his finger (laughs) with a cane and he starts walking towards the door like holy shit the fucking colonel oh my god Dude, and he's going to be trying to taste every last goddamn ingredient in this gravy <laughs> that I made in 10 minutes because <laughs> I was late. Like, 
That's the basically Devin's going from his experience of he was a KFC employee in nineteen seventy. <laughs> when, when he was. Okay, when yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now But, but just imagine like you're sh- you're you're doing bad at your job and then fucking Colonel Sanders yeah. shows up to oh God, that would suck, re- dude. That would suck to so review. much. Yeah. Because when I worked in fast food, I'll tell you, man, I smoked so much weed. <laughs> so, like I worked at a Quiznos when I was uh, like just out of high school. And uh, and my manager would like we would le- like legit go in the back. And we'd smoke a lot of weed. We'd eat whatever san- sandwiches we could make. And then we would go over there and probably fuck up someone else's sandwich. <laughs> and I could not imagine if the CEO of Quiznos <laughs> secret shopped my Quiznos right then and there. I would have like, uh, you know Mortif- what I mean? Mortified. Mortified. At least you would have had your manager to back you up, though. That's like the it's best. just as high as me. You know what <laughs> I mean? Yeah. Thrown yeah. me under the bus so quickly. Yeah. I, I, to- I told them. I told them to do it. <laughs> I tried to send him home. But um, by 1970, John Brown had become the chairman of the investment group. This motherfucker is moving up. Oh, yeah. He opened up nearly 3,000 restaurants in this time. That's a lot, man. Oh, yeah. There was one year, 1968, where he opened up 850 restaurants just that year alone. Dude, 3,000? I don't even have $3,000. Shut the fuck (laughs) up. Now, oftentimes, the expansion was seen as chaotic and poorly executed. Then regional manager Dave Thomas complained that the company had become too corporate, man, and that corporate man, yeah, man this fucking company is too corporate, <laughs> man. Dude. <laughs> okay, dude, I'm gonna cut that out. He also went to say, went on to say that John Brown um, lacked the motivational skills as chairman. Um. One senior member even described the international strategy as, quote, throwing some mud against the map on the wall and hoping some of it sticks. Now, this was a really poor strategy because uh, this caused KFC to lose $400,000 in Japan alone. That's almost a quarter. Yeah. Of the initial purchase, yes, That's a lot, man. oh yeah. yeah, they were trying. They were they were trying to apl- apply this like fucking stupid old school Western. Like, what was the expression again? Throw some mud at the wall, or well, uh, we're just gonna uh, throw a little mud at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, that sounds like <laughs> a really, really great business philosophy down here in Kentucky. No, like that just is some terrible, uh, yeah, t- oh, terrible Western. Oh, it uh, was wisdom there. Yeah, I mean, they in two weeks, so they only prepped the restaurant um, for about two weeks before they opened, and they wasted a lot more chicken than they sold. That sucks. Marking the company's first loss. How did? How does that even happen? How do you waste more chicken than you sell? What I no nobody could figure out like the gravy. No, nope. like nobody could get the seasoning right. Like no, actually, it turns out as uh, they were um, they were trying to feed them raw chicken as like sushi. <laughs> no, yeah, that's, I'll take I'll take that one out. No, no worries, no. no worries. I'm gonna take you that add, one out. Add some crickets is what you do. Now, just short, se- <laughs> <laughs> just seven short years after buying KFC. The investment group sold KFC to Hublin Inc., a Connecticut company. Shout out Connecticut CT, baby. Oh, Hublin, what's up? <laughs> a Connecticut company who is known for distributing large batches of martini and Manhattan cocktail mixes. Now, yeah, buddy. <laughs> now, the investment group sold KFC to them for $285 million, which is about $2.24 billion 
in 2023. Man, that's crazy. That's, yeah. I mean, those are good numbers. I mean, obviously, that's that's pretty that's pretty impressive. I mean, just think about that that sh- the the amount of um, of company they were cre- able to create between 1964 yeah. and 1971. They they multiplied their initial investment by a hundred and forty two and a half per, like percent. Like, yeah, is that right? No, no, one hundred forty two and a half times, not not percent. 142 and a half times the initial investment. That's it's remarkable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, could you I mean doubling your money in business is like hard. 145 <laughs> times. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're not wrong. I, you, That's you, fucking insane cuz they spent 2 2 million, right? It's 285 million was the sale. That's 7 years after in the, the initial purchase. So this is the second sale, right? Yep. It's fucking bonkers. Now, though the original recipe was why people like really love KFC, according to capitalism, businesses need to change and grow in order to stay on top of innovation. Now, capitalism forces you to look at ways to cut costs while charging the same or more for a product, and the new owners did just that. So unlike John Brown, the new owners did not make a deal with the colonel saying that they wouldn't change his recipes. And like changing they did just that they fucking changed his <laughs> sons recipes. of bitches yeah so first in 1972 hublin uh introduced extra fried chicken in 1973 they introduced barbecue spare ribs and that was the fucking final straw <laughs> For the colonel. Uh, he had enough. Oh, yeah. That same year, the colonel would attempt to open Claudia Sanders, the colonel's lady, dinner house. What a fucking mouthful. Like, <laughs> seriously. Like, what a, what a terrible name. But Hublin sued to get this thing fucking closed. And in return, the colonel sued Hublin for alleged misuse of, ig- of his image in promoting products that he did not help develop, a.k.a. the extra fried Fucking chicken. What is that one, by the I'll way? I'll tell you. Well, I'll tell you. If you plan on uh, uh, rearranging my my recipe, my spices, I'm going to go over there to court, and I'm going to rearrange your face, good <laughs> sir. <laughs> good sir. So what is this extra fried chicken? Does it mean that there's more chicken on the plate, or is no. it fried twice or something? It, it, fried I, twice. I'm sure it's fried twice. Yeah. Okay. But... Um, there was a, sh- a pork short rib, um, like a excuse me. There was a pork shortage at this time, and that pushed costs higher than customers would want to pay for fucking um, for pork. So they ultimately like discontinued it. But they did settle these suits as well. Um, so they settled out of court for one million dollars with the colonel, and they allowed the restaurant to go ahead under the name. Claudia Sanders dinner house. This motherfucker won twice. Yes, this motherfucker won <laughs> he twice. He won both. That's the great. Colonel don't miss. That's you fucking right. The Colonel it's does under, not miss. Under don't controversy. Miss. No, he's fucking good. That motherfucker don't miss, man. He's good. In the heat of battle, he don't miss. No. In the heat of controversy, he don't miss. No. But as you can see with this, they had bad blood. There was a lot of bad blood between the Colonel and Hublin. Now, one of the major changes was to the Colonel's grave. The gravy was so important to the colonel. He once said that the gravy was so good that, quote, it'll make you throw away the darn chicken and just eat the gravy, which is uh, pretty good. You know Great what I mean? Great advice. That gravy's busting. Great it's advice. Like twisted. Yeah, the, the gravy hitting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. It's definitely the healthy alternative <laughs> to KFC. But, just go. Well, according to the new or- owners, Hublin, um, they said that it would take a fucking Rhodes Scholar to make the gravy like yes like the gravy is fantastic it's amazing it's delicious but fuck it takes so long to make it 
So they changed the recipe so it could be cheaper and easier for people to make. And according to the colonel, it really showed. Like, this was when the colonel started regretting his decision in selling KFC, and his relationships with the new owners fucking really spoiled at this point. Yeah, it's so apparent. this is really sad. So, like, nobody in our... Nobody that we know or nobody from our generation has ever really actually had true KFC colonel-inspired KFC. Well, like I mean, you, you, you have, but Nick and I haven't, <laughs> yeah. and, that's, and that's unfortunate. <laughs> well, and honestly, it, there's actually a, uh, a restaurant. There's still the um, – I think it's still Claudia Sanders Diner House where you can get the original recipe um, KFC there. Um, you can, I think you can get it there, and then you can also get it at, like, Harmon's. Um, in Utah, you know, his fran- remember his first franchise owner, um, Pete Harmon, he still has like original recipe shit going down in Utah. So you could still like get like original recipe, but is it true to Colonel Sanders? Who knows? You know, like, is it is it truly like his recipe? That's what they say. But again, who knows? So he never really changed the chicken recipe, but the gravy recipe changed. Everything changed, my friend. Everything changed. Um, so. Now, the colonel began to complain to the media about the decline in quality, um, saying in the Louisville Courier-Journal, quote, My God, that gravy is horrible. <laughs> they buy tap water for 15 to 20 cents, a thousand gallons, and then they mix it in with flour and starch, and they end up with pure wallpaper paste. And another thing... The new crispy recipe is nothing in the world but a damn fried dough ball stuck on some chicken. Oh, man. He is he is not happy. No, he yeah. fucking hates it. Yeah. He hates it. And and so that's what I think. Uh, so when they talk about the extra fried, I think they're just double frying it and probably adding, like, more flour on it to, like, help it get more crisp. Okay. Yeah. And the kernel fucking So, like, extra it. crispy chicken. This is just extra crispy chicken. What we think of as extra crispy chicken. Yeah. I, I'd assume so. I'd assume so. I just uh, I just looked up the Claudia Sanders dinner house. Yeah. That shit looks like the fucking Pantheon. Really? Let me I see. Swear, look. Oh, shit. Look at that fucking. You mean a plantation house? That's <laughs> what the fuck that looks like. It looks like a fucking plantation house. It's, you know what really gives it the plantation? It's the, it's the, uh, it's the rocking chairs in front. <laughs> The white rocking chairs in front. Yeah, that that really. But it looks like it has pillars and shit like the Pantheon. Yes, that looks like from Ro- ancient Rome. That looks like uh, Look at that shit. Yeah, where is that? Th- it's in. Oh, it's in court. It's Shelby in County, Kentucky. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to definitely go when we start our tour. <laughs> um, but uh, this outburst prompted KFC franchise owners to unsuccessfully sue the Colonel for libel in 1975. So that just begs the question. Were they really just fucking fried ball? You know what I mean? Fried dough balls on, uh, yeah, on how some valid, chicken? How valid was what yeah. Kerm, the colonel was saying, basically? Yep, pretty much. Yeah. But uh, Hublin had no experience in operating a fast food chain, and their overconfidence led to KFC's failure in their overseas market. Now, the colonel, he was pretty relentless in his, uh, in his public attacks against Hublin. He would do it pretty regularly, <laughs> saying that they didn't know what they were doing and that it was, quote, downright embarrassing to have his image associated with their poor quality food it's like they would all it's like they would walk down the street and they would find uh, not not to be crass here just pieces of road apples you know what i'm talking <laughs> about poopies horse turds and they turn them into little little chicken nuggets and they'd send them to the public and the public <laughs> would eat them and uh 
and they end up murdering a bunch of them uh, locals out there. <laughs> murdering. Murdering. Now, now wait. <laughs> I just I think it's so funny. Like he would publicly attack Hublin like on the regular. Like oh, uh, you know, good morning tweet. Hublin sucks. Yeah, just so fuck you know, Hublin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good morning. Good morning for everyone, <laughs> but but Hublin. Oh hell <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Extra crispy tweet and hurt you. <laughs> now, um, at this point in time, you know things weren't weren't going well. The company had 800 stores uh, that were pretty unprofitable unprofitable Fuck. by 1978. Could you imagine having 800 unprofitable stores? Yeah, I mean, uh, that would fucking suck. I have no, like, I just can't like even fathom that. Like, I have a hard time like imagining. Oh, believe me, so did the colonel. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, the colonel was not having it at all. But Fuck Hublin you. did hire um, a dude named Michael A. Mile, Michael A. Miles, to manage the business, and he actually became CEO. And he brought KFC back to basics. You know, he was like, "We need to start thinking about yeah, we need to we need to start breaking it down and seeing where our faults are." And he even managed to lure the colonel back. And all he did was fucking listen to the colonel's recommendations. Turns out, you know what I mean? Surprise, like you can, surprise. Yeah, turns out when you listen to the colonel, things start looking fucking up. Uh, and subsequently, the result uh, this resulted in 30 months of increased sales. So KFC was on the up and up again because they relied back onto the colonel. They listened to the colonel. The colonel was able to bring him to that quality. But unfortunately, in June of 1980, the colonel was diagnosed with acute le- leukemia. And later that year... The colonel would pass away in Louisville Jewish Hospital of pneumonia at the age of 90. At the ripe old age of 90. My Jesus, boy, yeah, right? he had more juice in him, that's for sure. <laughs> Maybe a little gravy, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Now, the colonel was very active up into the months uh, leading to his passing, even appearing um, at an event about a month before his death. Now, his body was laid in state in the rotunda of the Kentucky State Capitol, and they would later hold an open casket funeral at the KFC headquarters in Louisville, Kentucky, where over, well, excuse me, where around 1,200 people would attend to pay respect to the icon. Well, that's yeah. a lot, dude. Oh, yeah. 1,200 yeah. is a lot. I mean, I think. Like, I'll be lucky if I get two. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't even have $1,200. <laughs> 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 now, now, by this time, the colonel's, by the time of the colonel's death, there was an estimated 5,000 KFCs in 48 countries. And, you know. God, that's so many, dude. Oh, yeah. Dude, like I'm telling you, the colonel really, really was on the up and up. Um, he was able to create this franchise with his own blood, sweat, and tears. Like legitimately. You know, one thing that we can take away from this, um, this entire series, is that it doesn't matter your age. You know, it really matters about your commitment, what you believe in. You know, if you have a product that you really believe in, that you feel so passionately about, you can get it to the point to where it can be extremely successful to where by the time you die, you're disappointed in the product itself. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> this is a good story. <laughs> what is yeah. it? Uh, it's a really, really inspiring way to look at that. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, by this time, by the time of the colonel's passing, PepsiCo had already acquired Taco Bell and Pizza Hut. And they had expressed interest in buying KFC. And that's where we're going to pick up on next episode. We're going to talk about Ooh, the acquisition. Four. No, this is a whole new, whole oh, new yeah, series. Yeah. Okay, okay. We're going to talk about KFC. Yeah, exactly. We're going to talk about KFC itself. 
We're going to talk about um, its different marketing campaigns. We'll talk about all of the different times they got different actors to play the colonel, which I don't feel is disrespectful, but a lot of people feel is really disrespectful. No, I mean, part yeah. of the, the, part of the, the uh, allure mm -hmm. is, is this man and his face yeah. and, and his image. We have to perpetuate the image. I mean, I mean, I, sh I certainly and especially if a company owns the right to your image. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. <coughs> it's their responsibility. And actually, I, so I, I feel I feel like the the colonel probably looking back on that somewhere and and enjoying it. You know what I mean? I feel like the colonel would have approved having his image and his likeness replicated. Well, what do you think the other? What do you think the colonel would say mm. about that, Devin? I think they're gonna say, "Well, <laughs> well, they get a, they're getting uh, no McDonald uh, to play me, uh, and uh, I, I'm okay with that. Uh, that man's a comic genius. R.I.P. as well, my friend." Oh man, but yeah, that's where we're gonna pick back up. You know, we're gonna pick back up with the Colonel. But what KFC is like beyond the Colonel, and you know, the crazy part is, is when I was watching and um, reading about this, people it. We may never get to a point to where KFC was at its qual at its highest quality with the Colonel, but apparently the highest like demand for KFC in the time that KFC was the most popular was between like 2002 and 2005. Like that was that like totally the peak KFC right there. That sounds uh, that sounds right. That total that totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah, but um, and that's when I was. That's when I was like real, very into KFC. Was probably in that, that years. Oh yeah, year I have a video. I have a video, um, like a home video where we're like eating KFC. You know what I mean? Like there's like a big ass bucket of KFC. And I'm like, oh fuck! Like the original, <laughs> like the way it looks. Uh, and there was even some re try. They tried to rebrand KFC because KFC is notoriously like one of the un most unhealthy. Um, fast food restaurants. Oh, that's funny. So, so whenever the like trans fat trend craze um, started happening in the early 2000s, KFC tried to rebrand as Kitchen Fresh Chicken. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And everybody was like, yeah, fucking right. <laughs> bullshit. What a bunch of bullshit that was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's there's a bunch of crazy shit that happened. Um, but, yeah, I can't wait to get, get into it. Colonel turned over on his grave <laughs> when he hears that shit. You spit in my face. <laughs> um, but Bell Nation. If anybody, if anybody brings a mandarin orange within 100 feet <laughs> of this uh, and tries to put some walnuts in it and call it a salad, then I'm rising from the grave and I'm possessing their soul for eternity. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, uh, thank you all so much for listening to our series about Colonel Sanders. It, it's been a really fun time learning about this dude. I think that the colonel is legitimately a badass. I do think Same. he's more badass than Glenn Bell, it sounds like, unfortunately. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I think agree. the colonel— take away from, from who we are and what we are. Uh, no, it doesn't. Talk about, but, but I agree. It, it doesn't. It doesn't take it away. And I, it was really awesome to— to really dive in and learn about the Colonel because he has been an icon forever. And to, um, to really find out the ins and outs about his life and see how he really lived. It, it's been fucking cool, man. It's been cool. It's like learning yeah. about, um, I don't know, someone else I care about. <laughs> someone else that's cool. Yeah. Can't think of anybody right now. Uh, that was uh, <laughs> yeah, really insightful no, I, there. That description. No, I, no, I, I'm inspired. I'm inspired. Um, yeah. Uh, are we saying our goodbyes? Oh, yes, we are. Sorry, that was my goodbye. Okay. Yeah, follow me also on Instagram. Cheesy G Nick or maybe Cheesy Gordita Nick. Either way, you could also follow me on Xbox Live at Cheesy G Nick. 
Uh, I play DMZ a lot. A lot of the Call of Duty DMZ. They just open up the new servers for, or the, excuse me, the old servers for like Modern Warfare 2 from like Xbox 360 and shit. Uh, yeah, so your boy's been playing that a lot. So yeah, uh, hit great. me up. Hit me up. Um, <laughs> Devin or um, Dill. Hey, what's up? It's uh, another uh, another sultry evening here at Camp Dill. We're shutting things down. Make sure to turn your nightlight off if you go to sleep <laughs> or anything. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so good, follow WP Hanley. I'll follow the tall boys. Good night. <laughs> he just he just went. <laughs> oh, fuck, these motherfuckers are ridiculous. I'm, so, I'm just signing off. Thank you for listening. <laughs> it's your right. boy Holla. Say Baja Blast. This show is made possible thanks to listeners like you. For more great Cheesy Gordita Network content, follow us on social media or go to CheesyGorditaNetwork.com to stay up to date. Thank you for your support and stay Baja blessed. <laughs>